Welcome to the Movie Babies. I'm Devin. And I'm Bobby. And you're Bobby. You're not Sean. I'm not Sean. Oh my goodness, what kind of time That's... warp, infinity <laughs> gem... It's an alternate universe or something? Playing, playing a trick. Yeah. I've closed the fist, and look what's happened. We're here with a special bonus spin-off episode. It's the college years. Bobby, what happens on the college years? This is usually where Sean... Oh, okay. Uh, I think I know this. So, this is when, instead of trailers being reviewed, movies that have been watched are reviewed instead. Yes, and you and Sean excluded me, which seems very racist. For seeing this movie? Sean wasn't there when I saw it. No, no. For the last college years episode, you guys reviewed Ready Player One. I was not there. I was told you were informed about that. Is that really the point, Bobby? (laughs) But it's okay. Uh, Watching all these Marvel movies, I'm used to being the sidekick. Oh, no. I guess I'm the Falcon of the the Movie Babies universe. We should be talking about Falcon in this movie because he, he had a bigger role than normal, it seemed like. Yeah, everybody came out to play for this one. He, they all had to step it up a little bit because we have ten years, ten years, Bobby, ten years of films leading up to this moment. It's so big, we had to talk about it. And it's crazy. Unlike most podcasts you're listening to, about most bloggers you read about, most people are very positive about this film, including yourself. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I haven't like said much more than that in public, I feel like, because I've been so afraid of spoiling things for other people. Um, so I've been saying to people that I liked it and that it was intense. And that was it, it was intense. Well, guess what, Bobby? The gloves are off. That's. <laughs> I did not like this film. Okay. I am very upset by this film now because so many people love it. Yeah. I'm very curious why. Well, I'll tell you. And I want to first set it up to, I'm not a hater. I've liked, (laughs) like, usually I'm the one that likes the majority of these blockbuster films. And Sean is the one who is a little bit more cynical in terms of, like, uh, these action films. Yeah. And so, out of the Marvel films, I've at least liked all of them. None of them are great films. Okay. At best, they're average films, but I don't think there's a bad film out of the whole bunch. I I think there's some bad ones in there. Oh, all right. <laughs> to well, be honest. Okay, but. a little side side quest here. What what are the bad ones you really... Um, I haven't rewatched it since the theater, but Guardi- Guardians 2 blew oh. me away at how bad it was. But, and it was just such a weird tone for it to take after the first one. It's like... They saw that people liked the first one. People like jokes. Okay, so let's take jokes and write them for five-year-olds. They tried to do character development and it didn't work. Did not work. Which is what we're going to talk about okay. during this episode. Okay. Where they tried to do some character development that did not work for me. Sure. I was still entertained by Guardians 2. Okay. And even Avengers Affinity War, Wars, I was still entertained by it. Okay. Like, these movies are still fun, popcorn, turn off your brain. Yeah. Type movies. Oh, yes. My problem with this one is I had to turn off my brain so much (laughs) that I misplaced it. And I was searching in the dark theater on where I put my brain 
as yeah. I had to like leave the theater. You had to get help from the ushers to <laughs> scoop it up into the van. They came in the middle. Yeah. They had the strobe lightsabers, <laughs> and we had to locate my brain because this film, this uh, you know, Infinity Ward, my brain out of here <laughs> into into ashes. Yeah. Um, I will. I guess we should also warn right now. We're just going to spoil this. So yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah. Right? And the the draw of this episode, the reason why you're coming here is to basically listen to me rant about why I didn't <laughs> like this. Because apparently this is the only place you're going to get a differing opinion about this movie. I have yeah. not heard any negative feedback yet, either okay. online or even on like message boards or on other podcasts. Really? It's doing that well? I haven't looked up any of the reviews or anything at this point. And somebody asked me what I thought about this one compared to the other Marvel movies. And I feel like it's un- unfair to compare it to those ones because it's like we're getting the culmination of a story here. Yes. So it's it's the climax. The whole movie is a climax of a storyline that's built building. So it's unfair to compare that to another movie that has to come in with like an arc to it. And I'll give them credit, the Russo brothers, what they had to work with. Mm-hmm. Like they did a, a fantastic job. Yeah. Like look at Justice League. Look at any of these oh other yeah. movies where they're trying to do a similar thing and they can't. Right. Um, this movie has an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes as okay. we speak and a 9.1 on Internet Movie Database. Okay. And Google users love it 96%. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. That's, yeah. But yeah, it's a loved film. So I think how we'll structure this is, Bobby, I'm just going to have you go and list the things that you liked about this movie okay. and what likely other people liked about this movie. Sure. And then I'll just go and hit my main points on what I disliked, and maybe you can kind of fill in the blanks on sure. things I missed. I'm excited to hear where you're placing your negativity on this, because I may be swayed. Uh, most of the things I liked about it were simply that I felt like the payoff for a story that's been built over this amount of time. So recently I went back and rewatched the five or six Marvel movies that actually have Infinity Stone stuff in them. Mm-hmm. So Guardians of the Galaxy, what else was in there? Thor 2, Avengers. the first Captain America, the two Avengers movies leading up to this. I feel like there's one or two more. But they kind of just to have a place of like, okay, where are we starting off with on these dang Infinity Stones that are out there? And, um, and that got me really excited to see this movie and yes. see, well, what the heck are they going to do? How are they going to pull off some kind of story that's a culmination of all this? Um, in conjunction with that, I also had our friend Kevin Lindsay, who's been reading the comics these are based on, walk me through one of the trailers for this movie with a notebook out <laughs> and basically predict every major plot point of the movie. I hope he doesn't listen to this. He hasn't gotten to see it yet. Yeah. And I've been having a hard time not just calling him and saying like you're right he got it okay he figured out almost everything they were gonna do based off what happens in the comics based off i think what happens in the comics and just doing some research on his own he okay. was getting very speculative about what would happen interesting and pretty much nailed did he call the soul stone because the big rumor was that it was oh. going to be in wakanda but there's a nice right. twist with the soul stone that was kind of cool he didn't get that um his comment on that was like, that's the exciting thing is that we don't know where the soul stone is and that's going to be the cool thing. Um, but he didn't really have, that was, that was the one thing that I guess that he didn't really have solid ground on. 
Um, but he called like that the opening of the movie was going to be the Asgard's being killed off and yep. that the Tesseract was then going to be used to travel or was it the Tesseract, the, whatever the space stone is. I'm bad at this apparently, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he got it pretty good. Uh, I don't want to say you ruined the movie for me cause I still enjoyed it, Yes, but, uh, I was a little disappointed. I talked to him at that <laughs> point as I was sitting in the theater, but I, yeah, I basically enjoyed the pacing of it. So any point in the movie, Towards the beginning there, when they introduce uh, Scarlet Witch, and they're, like, in Scotland. Yes. And it's getting turning into, like, this gooey love story for a minute that's like, wait, where's this relationship even coming from? Well, it came out of the blue in Avengers... No, yeah. in Civil War, uh, maybe. In Civil War, when where they were, they were just up together. together. Yeah. There was no explanation, they were thus together, and then you have to, like... Apparently they're together in the comic books. Okay. But that's, like... It's pretty loose yeah, you how they can't. set that up. But what I liked about it was right at the moment where I was like, come on, where are we going with this story? Yeah. All of a sudden we get a knife to the back mm-hmm. uh, and then it just kicks off into the action again. It basically just kept going. Any At any point where I was starting to get bored or I was wondering, well, what about that other storyline that we left off on a while ago? We would switch back. There's no slow scene. Yeah. there's no, Like in a normal movie, you'd have the scene, here's where you breathe. Right. But because there's like six or seven different stories, they smartly, I think, split the Avengers. Mm -hmm. So they all kind of have their own missions. Right. And then you're bouncing back and forth between those. And all of those are exciting because you're kind of in the middle of their mission. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing to me is I felt like this movie was well paced. I think they finally figured out how to do that. Two and a half hours, Barb. Yeah, like 240. 240 bucks. Which is crazy that I sat in a movie for that long and felt entertained throughout it. And I'm agreeing with all your points so far. So, like, I was not bored with this film. Right. I enjoyed that things that seemed to be set up in a certain way instead went a different way. Like, I was expecting that when. They divert expectations. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That was done well. Peter Dinklage is a giant dwarf. When that happened, <laughs> the guy sitting behind me in the theater, first, I had some interesting, I went to the 7 o'clock Thursday night show. Okay. So I was sitting next to some goofballs. I love it. Um, but the guy, when Peter Dinklage pops up, guy sitting behind me says, like, at a normal speaking volume, are you fucking kidding me? Is that Peter Dinklage? <laughs> and then it, like... An, rest of the scene goes on and he goes oh my god it is and just like you could hear the sigh of disappointment coming out of him uh, he was the best part of the movie almost which, yeah I thought he was great it was a pretty cool that. and pretty, pretty well done how that uh, all worked out the woman sitting next to me who had her kids there with her was also doing the thing where every single time someone popped up on the screen and hadn't been there for a while or if there was like a loud noise even she would just like let out a really loud yell, like a woo kind of yell. <laughs> woo. Um, I like going opening night. I miss the midnight yeah, opening, right. which we don't get anymore. They open it at like four. It's, yeah, like there's usually like a seven now. o'clock the night before. But I like being around the audience. That Yeah, having that energy for those kind of movies that. is really um, fun. And so at the end of the movie where things go to shit, a lot of like, no! Yeah. And like, I've never experienced an audience yelling after the credits, like, no, no! Yeah. And apparently in other we like screenings, too. like when Black Panther dies, 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> people are like, fuck that! <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. That's like, awesome. <laughs> in terms of, like, and this theater experience, like, yeah. it, it is a fantastic, like, I, I, yeah. one of the best. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun one for people, if you enjoy these movies, to go see, even though it's really busy. Like, I, I still enjoy going to the movie theater when it's busy, if it's going to be something that has a lot of anticipation behind it, or people are going to be shocked by a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always really fun to be a part of that crowd, even if people are, like, yelling next to you and doing goofy stuff yeah uh i can put up with that for that experience the woman sitting next to me also had a thing where when red skull popped up which was another thing kevin speculated on that like really people were saying maybe he's gonna show up because you don't actually see him die in captain america that's hilarious because that's like so out of the blue and when i saw that i was like fuck that's cool and then it's like again i don't know why it's cool it's cool (laughs) because like it's so out of the blue and it's like yeah. Oh, that's interesting, but, like, yeah, like if you think are, about it too hard, it's like, what? wait, why is he there? Well, yeah, yeah, there doesn't really seem to be a real reason why no. it needs to be him, other than just, like, fandom. Yeah. Unless he pops back up in the next movie as some kind of role in Captain America's demise or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when he popped up on screen, the person sitting next to me let out this big gasp. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And then she elbows me and says... <laughs> Wait, who is that? <laughs> it's, like, it's Red Skull. She goes, "Oh, I feel like that just sums up the entire MCU experience." It was pretty like, good. People marking out as if they know these characters yeah. when really it's like, are you really a comic book nerd? Like, do you really know these characters, or are you just kind of like she just knew that she joy- should be excited because yeah. it was a reveal, and she genuinely was excited. She it's was like excited. that's hard to take away from someone. And, I mean, I, kn- I mean, no, it's valid. Like it's fun to get caught up in something, <laughs> and I think that's what's so fun about these films and why I enjoy them, even though not all the films are winners. Right. It's that as a concept, as a shared experience. Yeah. As talking about it like you and I with all these people listening to the show. Yeah, check real quick. Oh, we got a we got a knock. It might be the comic nerds about to yell at me because I did not like this movie. Bobby is checking the door. I am now being quiet cuz I don't want to get murdered. Bobby, should I be concerned? It was Thanos. It was Thanos. Thanos knocking at our door. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's nothing. Uh, especially with that uh, big power glove. Yeah. That's where, like, so on TV I saw merchandising. Let's talk about that. They have, this might be the weirdest one I've seen. Avengers baggies, like Ziploc bags. Okay. And they were selling them for kids. Like, hey, kids, do you want <laughs> Avenger baggies? The Avengers aren't on the bag, mind you. It's just on the cardboard, like. Like on the package. On the package. That's what? so weird. Why? It's just a cash grab. That's, yeah. It's amazing. But if you want to do, yeah. here's your million dollar idea, feel free, uh, Walmart, take this one. Gauntlet Affinity Wars knocker for your door. Oh, that'd be pretty just good. Just a glove. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, that's good. All right. I did it. That's <laughs> There you go. Get at me. Hope. Other things, oh, I also really enjoyed, Just if I'm just listing off things yeah. that I enjoyed about the movie, to see where you stand on them, that end scene when people just start disappearing. Yeah, really I, well done. 
I really enjoyed it. I feel like I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if I were just sitting at home watching it by myself. No. But in the context of in the theater, hearing people, like, get so shocked or disappointed that some of the characters were disappearing. Well, and that Spider-Man scene is absolutely heartbreaking. That was good. Fantastic acting by Tom. Tom Holland's so good. Like, I, I don't think... It's a discussion at this point that he's like the best. He's the best Spider-Man. Overall Spider-Man. Right? Yeah, sorry to uh, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire, you're done forever. <laughs> no hope of a comeback at this point. Unless, I've, uh, oh, I shouldn't tangent so much. We have so much to talk about. But I've heard like a multiple, multiple Spider-Man universe. Oh, yeah. It'd be really fun to get like Toby and all those guys God. in there. There is the uh, there's the cartoon version of that coming yeah. out like next winter. That, that's going to be really cool. fun. Bobby, any other last? Uh, no, I mean really nothing. Nothing was amazing about the movie, but I would just uh, I was happy with it overall as being like, oh, they didn't screw this up. There wasn't yeah. anything in it that was. They didn't drop the ball. No, there was people left happy. Yes, and that's that's kind of where I stood. I, I'm excited to see it again to see if anything ends up sticking out either more positively or more negatively, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to see it again. I enjoyed it enough all right. for that. And I can't refute any of those. Like, I agree with all those okay. positives, but in the back of my mind, I could never fully get behind this movie. Okay. For two reasons. Yeah. Two main reasons that make me not love this movie. And almost, like, the more I think about it, it's kind of like Ready Player One. Sure. I enjoyed seeing Ready Player One on the theater, the more mm-hmm. I thought about it, I was like, man, it kind of bums me out now. Okay. Same way with this. The more I think about it, the more it's bumming me out and the more I'm kind of like not liking it. Right. So two major problems for me is it's inconsistent and it's unearned. Okay. The inconsistent is, well, let's get there. Let's yeah, go there let's first. Let's on this. The stones themse- themselves. Yeah. When we went to the theater, they gave us a booklet yeah, <laughs> explaining right. all of this shit. One of the pages I thought was interesting was what the stones do okay, and the names of them and yeah. the powers and the locations, which you think we should know by now, 10 films Well, they, they even like explain it a little bit at one point in the movie. They're like, oh, by the way, this stone is the power stone. This one's the space stone. This is what this do. Yeah. The stones are used so inconsistently... There's mm-hmm. no rules on how these are being used. Okay. The biggest example of this is Thanos himself. We get a scene where he's now collected a couple stones mm-hmm. that all do powers by themselves that yeah. could win the battle. So we saw a scene where he's turning Batista into clay yeah. and Mantis Lady into ribbons. Yes. And that's it. There's not even He a also fight. creates a whole different reality he creates around a, everyone yes. that they... Gamora tries to stab him, and it's faked out because he created a false reality. Yeah. He turns her weapon into bubbles, which right. is a weird theme <laughs> that he keeps using. <laughs> okay, so that's set up now that, okay, Thanos has won already. Mm-hmm. He can turn people into clay. A couple of scenes later, we have a lengthy scene where he's struggling against this a group of avengers right and guardians and he's not using his powers yeah you're talking about when they're on titan when they're on titan yeah he's shooting lasers out of them yeah he was using like the power stone (laughs) 
to shoot laser kind hey, of things. Hey, Thanos? Hey, Thanos, are you listening? Maybe use that clay power. Maybe use the, use yeah. The, maybe use the power that turns people into crochet needles. <laughs> like, crochet the Avengers into a quilt here. And what are you doing? That is a good question. I remember during that scene thinking, at least they're trying to make it seem like, okay, so if they cover up, like, because there's part of that where they cover up yes. the glove or make it less accessible to him, as and though that Here's the thing. It's, a, it's an easy fix. One, well, one part's an easy fix. One, you really got to establish the rules of these stones. Right. When can they be used? Is there a cooldown yeah. period? Because right. if you have the reality stone, like, make the reality that you want. I mean, whatever. Some of this you can't go too far into because it's like, well, there needs to be a conflict. And, you know, it's all about suspension of belief. Right. But this film makes you dive so deep into the suspension of belief that it's it's too much. It's too much. And so they've made the rule that he has to close his fist to use the crystals. Okay. Sure. The stones, which I love. Because now there's an actual way the Avengers can stop him. Yeah. And so during that scene, Spider-Man's shooting webs at it. Yeah. They get the cape. The, the cape. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange's cape goes around it. But in that same scene, he does manage to close his fist multiple times Right. And the power he chooses is to just do, like, laser beams. Right. Not the ones that <laughs> change reality. Not the ones that turn people into uh, Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> so that, well, and that's that's another point, too. To like, even before he had the reality stone, they basically said he, at this point, like, it doesn't matter if he gets that other stone. When Thor is kind of laying out what his next step's going to be. It's one of those guys says, like, even with two stones, he's unstoppable. Yeah, which is another problem with this film. Yeah. The first scene we open up with is him with one stone mm-hmm. destroying the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. The most powerful person probably in the MCU next to, like, Thor. Right. And he beats Thor, too. So he yeah. beats the two most powerful heroes in the MCU with one stone. Yeah. Why does he need the other stones? Seems like Thanos... Seems like things are going pretty well for you already. Well, but that's not his goal. So what he's driven by is that split of the universe, finding balance in the universe, or creating balance. Which he's doing by going to different planets and kind of wiping people out. Yeah. Seems like maybe just keep doing that plan, because it seems to be working. (laughs) Like, you can still keep going to other universes and just wipe out half the population. That seems to be going well for you. I think he's become bored with that amount of power. Possibly. Is is the idea. There. Well, there's no evidence of that in the film context. Right. But no, 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 no. But yeah. yes, that, that could be a possibility. Yeah. There needs to be context. Because maybe if we knew more about him in terms of, like, he says to those Avengers, like, you know what? I'm bored of this. Like, I'm so powerful. I don't even need to use my gauntlet Right. Like, if he's cocky about it. Yeah. If he's cocky and he's like, I don't even need my gauntlet to, like, defeat you guys, Tony Stark and um, Star-Lord would be the perfect people to, like, talk him into, like, doing something stupid like that. Yeah. That's what they're known for, right? And so if they, like, talked him into, like, hey, big bad guy needing the stone to defeat us. Right. Just eliminate that threat right away. It it seems like there would have been an easy way out of that. 
with that fight scene specifically, I assumed he didn't use the reality stone because he didn't think he was walking into a trap. He thought he was walking into his helper yes. guy bringing the time stone there. But I spent the whole time during that fight being like, why isn't Doctor Strange got to get that stone out? Okay, so now let's jump to this. This is what I like to call the Doctor Strange problem. <laughs> the problem is, we the problem Doctor is, Strange into this at all. <laughs> it really is. He has arguably the most powerful stone there is. He's already defeated a god he's in his de- movie. He's defeated a god in his own movie, yeah. Right. He has the power to control time. Yeah. Hey, remember how Thanos has all these stones? Why don't you rewind that? Yeah, just go back, right? And the problem with this film is in any other movie, they would play up some sort of, like, butterfly effect. Yeah. Where Strange is worried, like, oh, I can't misuse the time stone because last time I... Ashton Kutcher will die. Because <laughs> <laughs> the last time I did that, it, like, I lost my wife or, like, yeah. this happened. Like, the Flash TV show is a perfect... Does a better job than this $5 billion Marvel movie of explaining why the Flash just can't yeah. go back in time and, like, save his mother. Okay. There's no reason why Doctor Strange can't use the time stone. Right. He has it in the first scene of the the second scene of the movie, I think. Yeah. Where he's fighting some of the henchmen. Yeah. He's barely using that stone. He used it once. He used it to freeze the ship. And, and then that was like it. And then he tried to use it a couple other times and guys would like tie up his hands so he couldn't do his little his little magic. His little magic moves to like open the eye of the which <laughs> seems like a clunky device, right? Like Yes. Like how about we Speed up the garage door opening on that thing. <laughs> so you can just use it. And, and yeah, there's no moral obligation of Doctor Strange not wanting to use no. it. There's no, like, again, cool down effect where it's like, well, I, yeah. I can't use it all the time, guys. And so that's, to me, one of the biggest issues is, like, you, Doctor Strange has the most powerful stone there is. Yeah. Maybe the reality stone as well. And so it makes no sense why they don't use it. There is... Sorry, I don't want to cut you no, off. No, go for it. There is one theory that was proposed by a friend of mine I saw this yes. movie with about why he gave up the stone. He mentions that, because he was meditating before the yeah. fight, that he saw like 16 million different scenarios yes. and there's only one where they win. Mm-hmm. And so the one where they win is the one in which... He gives up he the gives stone. He gives up the stone. Which yeah. is an okay theory, except for that reveal when he does that is like halfway in the movie. Before right. he's already doing these fights, before he already knows about Thanos. Right. That like, only limits that, it up to that point. That only works if that's, like, the first thing he does. Like, hey, yeah. Doctor Strange, Thanos is coming. Oh, really? Let me, like, calculate. Let's backtrack that. Yeah, let's, let's, let me calculate our odds here. Oh, shit, there's only one way we can win, and the way we win is I can't use my stone. Mm-hmm. That's a fine idea, like, on what if you want to... Yeah. Eliminate that McGuffin. Is it a McGuffin or McGuffin, the crime gem? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to eliminate that. No, Continuity the, error? Yeah, well, this white. Problem. Yeah, problem of over, being overpowered. It's like yeah. D&D. Sometimes you give your player a plus two sw- sword and then realize, oh shit, they're running through all my goblins. <laughs> Very relatable <laughs> podcast here. Um, 
Yeah, if there was a, some reason why he couldn't use the stone. Yeah. I was confused about this, too, with that theory. I heard that theory. He saw the prob- uh, timelines. Mm-hmm. My first reading of that was he, like, rendered all the probabilities, and it was like, oh, you survive only 0.1% of the time. Right. But he doesn't know what that is. But for that theory to be true, your theory and a lot of the other people's theory, then he had to see not only 14 million timelines, mm-hmm. but he has to remember the one he did win, what and he has to remember out. every step that plays out. So, I mean, yeah. I guess that's possible, but... Which is interesting. Did we... I'm not remembering now. They were all stuck on Titan at the end of the movie, right? Yes. So there was no... How they get off. There might be a spaceship. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, just thinking, like, for that final battle or anything, there's nothing else. If he did actually see what needed to play out for that one reality to work where they win, his only role in it could be handing over the stone. Handing over. And if he did, because, again, he knows he did that before the fight. If he has to give up the stone, like, do that before you're, like, beating up your crew there. Unless that's also part of it. First, yeah. my Iron Man has to get his ass kicked for 30 <laughs> minutes, and then I can give up the stone. Yeah, it has to happen right at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, so pretty pretty clunky. Okay, I, I'm with you on so that. So those are my stone problems. And, and Vision. Vision has a stone. Right. And here's the main, one of the main plots of the film. Thanos gets all the gems, and now mm-hmm. he just needs Vision. Right. They're trying to destroy Vision's stone, uh... Jim, right. so he doesn't have all of them. Yeah. But it seems like he's already won with five <laughs> gems. Yeah. That that didn't, it seemed like a pretty inconsequential plan. <laughs> yeah. Like. I was like, he now he can't snap and make everyone disappear. Now he has to let's think about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has a reality stone. He just has to wave his hand now versus right. snapping his fingers. So at that point it seemed, hey, maybe instead of destroying that stone how about you actually use that stone yeah instead of focusing your efforts on well and i mean even just like diverting part of their team away it didn't seem like they in that this is to be fair this kind of fit into one thing that i enjoyed about this movie was they were so ill prepared for this event even though so quickly like we have a full iron man 3 movie that's all about tony stark being like scarred from aliens coming down and attacking yeah. like he's freaked out by this yes as a character trait and yet even then when they're like bruce banner comes back down and says thanos is coming this is it it's like how much time People we got are like who what are we yeah, yeah. what mm-hmm. are we worried about like well how much time do we have and it's like it's Instant. in the streets yeah. right now yeah and i liked that in this movie they could have so easily especially at almost three hours long mm-hmm. had the first hour of this movie been more set up of like okay, well, let's go to the war room and talk about who Thanos is <laughs> yeah, and yeah. talk about, like, what we're going to do and this and that. But instead, they were just ill-prepared. Everything was like a last-minute mm-hmm. fight-for-their-life kind of situation. Yeah, that's not and a bad no one even knows, like, people don't even know if they're on the same side or not. That's true. At certain points. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh, and lastly, so the last part of Thanos' plan is he needs Gamora. Right. Gamora tells Thor and the Guardians... Or specifically Star-Lord. Hey, Star-Lord, you need to kill me if Thanos gets me. Because I know the location. I'm the only person in the world. 
my sister too, apparently, but... Yeah. I'm the only person in, in the world where, who knows the location. Kill me if he gets his hand on me. Mm-hmm. And then Thor's like, okay, so here's the plan. I'm going to go get this one weapon that can kill Thanos. Who wants to come with me? The Guardians are like, no, we're going to go to Thanos. Yeah. And like, and Gamora goes, hmm, should I go to Thanos or should I go away I didn't even think about that, but that was not a very smart move on their... Gamora goes to Thanos knowing after the information from (laughs) Thor that he can kill you without any gems, without any stones, knowing that if he gets her, it's over. Right. And knowing that Thor's plan is to get a weapon that will actually help. The Guardians are like, let's split up. Yeah. And Gamora's like, I want to go to Thanos. Okay, so what was driving... The split-up reason there was basically driven by that, like, Star-Lord was... A cuck. <laughs> to use Keith's term. Yeah. I, I won't use that term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he was feeling underwhelmed or about himself in the yes. presence of Thor and was trying to be impressive and saying, well, screw that, we're going to go kill... Thanos. Thanos. And you so, go find your weapon. I, I'm going to go kill him. And when you say it like that, like Star Wars fucks up twice in this movie, then majorly. Yeah, that one, and then that's... where he they're about to defeat. He has the mentality of a like 12 year old <laughs> from whenever he was kidnapped from Earth. Like that's it's, so yeah. It's really yeah. hard to redeem him a little bit here. Yeah. No, he he's going to have to make up for it in the next movie at some point. Um, um, but yeah, G- Gamora just hands it to Thanos. Yeah. No problem. That is pretty weird. It is weird that she didn't, because she has always been a pretty savvy character for those kind of decisions mm-hmm. in other movies, so it is strange that they, I, I did not even catch that, but you're absolutely right. She should have gone with Thor, or should have just exiled herself to some crazy planet that nobody else knew about. Yeah. And then stayed out of the fight. There's no reason why she should not have gone with Thor. Thor is such a dick to them, too, which seems weird (laughs) when he knows the stakes at this point. It's like, no, actually, you guys can, like, I can use all the help I can get. Let's get this He has had a pretty rough, like, week, or however long (laughs) it's been, if you consider that, like, (laughs) Thor 3 and, uh, and this all happened pretty close within each other. Now let's get to my other maiden problem, the unearned. Okay. So the praise that I'm seeing in this film is Thanos himself. Thanos is a more complicated villain because they kind of give him a backstory. Right. It's a little more... Well, he thinks he's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. In his mind, this is doing the right thing. He's helping people, but he's doing it by committing genocide. Not an unfamiliar story in history. That's the problem. So, I like a complex villain. Yeah. It feels unearned in this one because, one, his plan has flaws, Right. first of all. Besides this, the fact of the flaw of, like, let's kill a billion, like, half the population. There's yeah. There's some more, even if you did buy into his reasoning, it still doesn't make sense. Right. And two, yeah, like... At this point, a complex villain who's like, I'm doing, I'm sacrificing for the greater good is not interesting anymore. It's not complex anymore. It's a crutch at this point, basically. The last complex villain, 
I saw, you know, at first it was like probably Loki. Okay. It's kind of really the first Marvel villain that had some right heft to him. Sure. And then the last Killmonger in the Black Panther movie. Okay. Did yeah. you see that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. I feel like they did a nice job with him where you can sympathize with him. It's not about him doing the greater good, even though right. he wants to destroy and hurt a lot of people. Yeah. He's not justifying it. Well, I, I, I got to do the greater good. It's like his history has... It's shaped you, him into that person. Has shaped yeah. him into that. And you see that. Yeah. You don't see Thanos' story here. It's showing, not telling. Right. And the main part of his relationship is with Gamora. Right. And we're told he loves her. Yes. And that's proven during the Soul Stone scene where he sacrifices her because he generally loves her. Why? Why does he love her? Why does he love her? I don't know. (laughs) Why does he... Yeah, why does he... Because he has many daughters in the story that are, like, kidnapped. Why does he love Gamora over a robot? uh, Amy Pond. Yeah. We don't know. No, and, uh, I mean, he at times complimented her on things where it's like, oh, you always were, like, good at strategy and at fighting and battle and things like that. But there's, I mean, those aren't (laughs) reasons to, like, necessarily go so far as to love somebody. And it is, it's definitely not, like, a romantic thing or anything. It doesn't feel like he loves her like you would a child. Right. Like, it seems like there's a flimsy argument that you can make that he loves her because he sees himself in her sort of way. Like, uh, she's strong and she's she's smart and she's a badass. I'm I'm those things, so I guess I love her. (laughs) (laughs) It is, yeah, it is interesting. But they played it up like he loves her like like you and I would love a daughter. Right. Which I think is a fantastic story. And I will say this about Thanos. I did love him in this movie. He's yeah. probably the best part. But his reasoning is so unearned. And it's it's yeah. flimsy. I mean, that that is a... And I honestly do not know from the comics the backstory on Thanos. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about okay. that. I know a little that. bit yeah. about that. Cool. And uh, Why is he purple? What, <laughs> that I don't know. Where does he come from? That I think it's because he's... Uh, he got that Power Ranger Ivan Ooze on him. That's oh no. <laughs> so I do like that Thanos has this relationship with his daughter, and he really loves yes. her. That's such a great twist. Right. And when Gamora is like, it's not going to work when you throw me in there because you don't love anything. Right. And the fact that oh, I do love something. It's you. It's such a great moment. Right. And it would be so much more powerful if it was... If we knew why. If we knew why and if it was actually earned in that regard. Because even in this film, it undercuts their relationship. We have right. a scene when they are together by his throne. And she's like, you know, I remember being here. And I would tell you I hate you every day and how much I hate this and how awful it was. And he's like, yeah, I know. I remember that too. What? That's not, that's not love. Yeah, that was great. I remember those days too. Yeah. You hate the chair, you hate the room, you hate everything. So don't you see why you love me? The only scene we see with him being loving towards her is that when he first captures her and he like kind of shields her eyes 
from him. He's slaughtering her people. Her people. Yeah. And so, I feel like if you want to make that story work, they needed to have, like, a honeymoon period where they both actually enjoyed each other. Maybe he's shielding some of his bad stuff towards her. Mm -hmm. And so she thinks he is a good guy. Like, Thanos is the sweetest dude towards me. Right. And you guys are talking shit about him. What do you... Like, she's isolated from his true nature of, like, slaughtering people. Sure. And then there comes a character change where she finds out about the true Thanos, and that causes her to... To rebel. Rebel. Now, we do see a moment in the movie where Thanos says that he likes Star-Lord after he pulls the trigger and the bubbles come out of the gun. Yes. Which, okay, so it could be that he likes Gamora because he sees that she's willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to get what she wants. Okay, What she thinks is right, which is what he, Thanos, believes of himself. And uh, and the only reason I'm bringing that up is because we see that he says, and it seems genuine that he says he likes Star-Lord when he sees that Star-Lord would pull the trigger to kill Gamora mm-hmm. if the intention for doing so was for a good reason. Now, Bobby, would robot Amy Pond not do that same thing, though? Because it seems like she would also do that. Yeah, it seems he, like she would. And Thanos why, doesn't love her? What has he seen Gamora do that exhibits that to the level that he would love her instead? I don't know. We but don't know. I think that's the implication there is that... Um, you know, maybe we'll get like a six hours director's cut and there's a bunch of childhood scenes or yes. something. But no, I agree with you. There, there, There's something to that relationship that we weren't shown. At the end of this podcast, I would like to do like quick fixes that will fix some of these problems. Okay, sure. Uh, but before we get there, and one, their relationship, I think, is, is one of them. One of I think things. it is a fantastic idea yeah. to go with, but it does not work in this packed movie. Right. Oh, so you talked about Thanos' comic storyline. So I'm so disappointed Marvel didn't go with this storyline because it's one of the most unique villain stories I've ever heard. Okay. The reason why Thanos wants the Infinity Gauntlet in the comics, and I haven't read it, but I'm kind of like a Wikipedia comic nerd where I haven't read all the comics but I know a lot about them because yeah. I find them interesting and I'll read about them and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. But I don't want to do, I don't want to get my hands dirty right. <laughs> and, and do the actual work of reading them. Oh, but Thanos' story is that he's in love with death. Okay. And the reason why he kills and murders is he's constantly trying to prove his love to death by murdering these like people. Whoa. That is dark. And right. And so there's like, He's constantly trying to, like, prove himself to her and, like, you know, death is death. And so it's yeah. not like, how you do you win that? How yeah. do you woo death, right? And I just think that's such a fascinating idea. Like, my pitch for that would be, like, what if, again, I haven't read the comics, what if you open up with Thanos' mother dying, right? right? Being taken, his world getting conquered or something, and his mother dying. And then there he sees, like, this beautiful figure, and it's death. Sure. And maybe death takes pity on her, pity on him, and explains, like, the beauty of death. Right. Even, you know? Because there is, like, you Lion King it. 
Sure. Like, <laughs> it's all part of the cycle. Yeah, it's all part of the cycle, and maybe that connects with him, right? Yeah. And so now he's like, you know, he's fascinated by death. Sure. And there's kind of like that weird subplot going on. And so then, like, growing up as a boy, like, Thanos is one of those, like, he's he's killing cats. That's all he's, he's, he's smushing bugs, right? It's like a... Like a Jeffrey Dahmer route, exactly. Like he's he's like experimenting with humans, seeing what will bring death, and like she yeah. never comes, or like see he keeps missing her or something. So it just seems like that would be such a unique storyline. Yeah, that would have been interesting. We're kind of instead given it's. It, I mean, they're almost trying to make it seem like we got a cat in here. <laughs> he, cat he, on she heard my comment about Thanos killing cats. That's. It's almost like they try to make it seem like he doesn't want to kill anyone, but it's no. a responsibility that only he well the greater can fulfill, good the right? greater good yeah. I remember him as a kid reading comics, being a character that was very mysterious, and I don't like yeah. I think just because I didn't read the comics that actually had him in there, but it was always like. He was one of those mysterious, like, space characters that didn't show up very often, but when he did... Well, he and was, I like, like that. Trouble. And I almost wish... Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. I, I do want to comment about that, because I do think they could have used him even more sparingly... Right. ...in terms of combat-wise, and yeah. making it even more effective. Between now and the next movie, we have Ant-Man and Wasp Woman coming out. Very strange. And then... <laughs> And I, I saw oh. something today with a theory on that. Okay, so that's that brings me up. So going through my notes and you bringing that, another inconsistency. Where's Ant-Man? They hand-wave Ant-Man and Hawkeye saying they're under house arrest. Yeah. So they can't uh, participate in this battle for all of the universe. For, for the entire universe. And again... <laughs> that's so weird. Here's the weirder thing. And Especially uh, highlighting the inconsistency. That same dialogue exposition is in the same scene where Captain America and all the fugitives come back and say, hey, we're going to break, break the law and like yeah. fight Thanos. We don't care. We're going to bring this fight on. Yeah. Why <laughs> Why like, is it okay for them to come back but not Hawkeye and like Ant-Man? How is house arrest more... <laughs> it's so weird. And like... Like, if it's really... Shouldn't have S.H.I.E.L.D. have been there the whole time? And, like, they should have been calling in, like, everything they could. The after credit sequence is weird, too. Because yeah. in Civil War, maybe, or the one Winter Soldier, uh, it's shown that Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury, is hiding away for a bit. Right. He's get, he, got, he burns the eye patch, which is yeah. back for this one for some reason. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's, he's out of the picture. And this one, they show him, like, oh, he's just, like, driving around. He's driving down through New York. What were you doing this whole time, uh, Nick just, Fury? You know, he's catching up on music. and Is Jeremy Renner where they draw the budget constraints of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we ran out of money. Uh, Is that when they're, they like... can't get Paul Rudd. Were they, like, mm, we can fit 50 characters, but 52 characters? No yeah. way. That's way too much. The whole... Hawkeye, Ant-Man thing, and now we're getting, a, like you said, an Ant-Man film coming right. after this, which I guess has to take place beforehand. Right. So, it's all very strange. I'm wondering if they're going to somehow try to make it be something that's going on in parallel. Like, will this is all happening 
mm-hmm. there would be some reference to that, like, oh yeah, well at least we're not fighting those aliens in Africa right now or something. And <laughs> like it's like cat, which is all like again insane. Yeah, it's so insane why they're not in this movie <laughs> and they were hand waved and why you hand wave them in the same scene where you're breaking the rules for yeah. other characters. Yeah. It, was very frustrating. I agree. That was my most frustrating thing when I was walking out. Was like we're missing people. Like this should be everybody. This should be everybody. Yeah. And oh, and that brings up the Hulk. Right. I that was so weird. I like uh, what's his face, not yeah. Ed Norton. What's his name? Uh, Mark Ruffalo. Mark. I like his yeah. portrayal as the Hulk. Okay. I like it too. His performance in this film was so bad. I don't know what was going on in this time of his life, what his, like, the Russo brothers were doing to direct him. Mark, if you're listening, are you okay? Are you okay, Mark? We like you, and we, but I'm worried about you, because that was a god-awful performance. His delivery was weird. Yeah. And, but besides that, his storyline did not work for me. Yeah. It was very strange. It was weird. Coming off him being in Thor 3 as well, where he's just like stumbling through life and doesn't seem to know what's going on. He's fucking Hawaiian, uh, Martyville, who's who's the guy who does Martyville, or the Margaritaville? Oh. (laughs) Are you talking about uh, Jimmy Buffett? Yeah, he's, he's fucking Jimmy Buffetting the Hulk. He's... He's talking sly. He's talking smack. This is a guy with, like, PhDs in gamma radiation. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a different Hulk that we've had, a more personable Hulk. Right. And now, all of a sudden, he doesn't want to show up and, like... He doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to fight. Just because he, like, maybe lost that fight at the beginning. Which is a weird way direction. That should make Hulk angrier, right? <laughs> That's Which would make him stronger. Hulk has one rule. Yeah. He gets angry, and then he gets back. Yeah, he feeds off that anger to get stronger, which is what makes him indestructible, right? Who's begging for a storyline where the Hulk is, like, scared of someone? <laughs> like, Thanos doesn't need that to build him up. Yeah. But it just weakens the Hulk as a character, and the fact that he... I mean, my only guess is that I heard they wanted to save on the CGI budget... That seems insane. But that doesn't make sense either because he's in the Hulk bus. So they instead, yeah, they instead put him in a different CGI vehicle. Like it's it's an and it's a storyline you don't need. Right. Like it's just an added storyline character development you don't need in this movie. It it seemed to me like a gimmick to make it so that, you know, if you've got Thanos, even though we see him beating the Hulk on the spaceship in the beginning. Yes. If you have in that end battle, you have. Thor there, and you have Captain America, and you have Black Panther, and you have the Hulk, and all these characters that on their own are, like, incredibly strong, but you also have the Hulk just smashing Thanos like crazy. Mm -hmm. That would have been too easy. Like, it would have been too unrealistic, I guess, to have him added in that mix as another character, and not just having them beat Thanos. But, I mean, I guess, but they, again, they showed it in the first scene of the movie. One of the biggest problems I have with this whole universe and how it's built up, and I think this is because 
when I read comics as a kid, I also collected like the cards. Oh, and you get the cards with like stats on the back That's where it's cool. like this person has a strength of seven, power level, intelligence yes. of whatever. And the inconsistency in these movies <laughs> of who like where those levels stand is constantly driving me nuts. Yes. Where it's like you have situations where it's like, okay, so Han- Thanos just like handed you know, totally destroyed the Hulk. Yes. Easily. Well, also, the remaining Asgardians were, like, dying at his feet, and Thor and Loki were being destroyed. Thanos with, again, Thanos with one, with one gem. One stone. Be Thor, Loki, uh, and the Hulk. And the Hulk. Probably the and three most powerful. all of the Asgardians. Yes. But then at the same time. Inconsistent. And then you have a character like Black Widow, who is just human. Yes. She's just a really great spy, right? <laughs> she doesn't even have. She's got some fighting skills. She and doesn't stuff. even have the secret serum that like no. Captain America has. No, no super strength or anything like that. She's just really good at fighting and being a spy, and yet, like, she kills one of Thanos's cronies that like four of the Avengers earlier in the movie couldn't beat. Yes, that they was were, nuts to me. They were very inconsistent and well. But I did want to bring up the deaths of this film. Right. The deaths of this film. <sighs> we go back to my two two big points. Inconsistent, unearned. Okay. They felt unearned. Ebus Elbus dies. Yeah. This instantly. Right. Loki dies. Yeah. This nonchalantly. Yeah. Like first scene. And then the end scene with... Uh, all of the characters fading the ash. Yeah. Sets an amazing moment. And that crushing Spider-Man moment. Yeah. Sets an amazing moment. It's not impactful for me the way it should be because they've lessened the stakes in this very movie. Right. And a good example of that is with Loki and Thor. Yeah. Someone asked Thor, like, oh, did you lose someone? He's like, yeah, I lost Loki. But he's died before, so, you know. Yeah, like he does say this time it seems like it's real. This time it seems like it will, <laughs> but who knows? But you honestly don't know. But he's pointing out the fact that you know, like this, this is what Loki does. Like this is what Marvel does. He's a I guess. Yeah. But it undermines. Like you're setting the stage here, right? And right. you're kind of undermining Loki's death and the later deaths if that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Another way the death scenes are undermined is they finally get the stone off. Yeah, off vision. Off vision. How did that work out? So she, he tells, Vision tells her, like, just do it. Now is the time. Like, you have to destroy this. And so she does, and it kills Vision. But then Thanos uses the time stone to, like, reverse just that part of time. And then he just rips it off Vision's head and, like, destroys him. So the problem with that scene... Is right after that scene, he snaps, and all of our favorite Marvel heroes die. Mm-hmm. Guess what? 20 seconds earlier, you just showed us deaths don't mean anything because they can be reversed. Yeah, because the time stone can reverse them. Do you think those people died? I mean, in the turned into in ash. the lore of the, the movie, yes. Like that's you think so? That's the gimmick, right? I don't know. Is that? Is there a theory? You have I, such a Santa Claus smile on your face right now. Like, your eye I'm not wrinkled, convinced. your belly that's, oh, j- oh, oh, oh. jiggled. Are they dead? Oh. 
Uh, I, I'm not convinced that those are the characters that are dead or that any characters died. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. What's. <laughs> I like this idea that if we have like some sort of like lost the people who went into the ash. And so what we have re- left yeah. right now is basically the original Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the original Avengers died and they're in some sort of like purgatory i think it's possible oh my god i think it's possible that what happened when thanos snapped his fingers was not killing all those characters but instead mm-hmm. splitting the universe into two separate universes oh god so now we have an earth one earth two scenario yes and the people that we saw stay are either the people that actually died and remained in the mm-hmm. old universe or they're neither of them are dead but they're in parallel did and, you did you read this or did you come up with this no, this is something we talked about. I, I saw this movie with my buddy Eric, uh, and he suggested that when we were walking out, was that the people we got left with were the people that were actually That's dead. such a fucking great idea that if it doesn't happen now, I'm going <laughs> to be very disappointed. Well, and here's the thing. like, I'm, We know there's a new Spider-Man movie coming out, and they're not replacing him. So, we know there's a new Black Panther movie coming out, and although I hate to say it with just with the lore of Black Panther... It would be easier to go to a new actor with that because they can just yeah they can get a new Black Panther. Chadwick Bold, but Bold, he's so great in that Bold, role. But what's his name? I don't know. Boldsman. Yeah. yeah. Bozeman. I don't know. I don't remember. Chadwick. Yeah, that's a great Black Panther. I would really. Be However, that. we do know that guy playing Captain America has repeatedly said he's not doing any more of these movies, yeah. and his contract is up, and he remained. So that's what's weird. Like, so the film. Again, as you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, thanks for sticking with us, folks. Uh, <laughs> the film does a good job diverting expectations. Right. When you go into this movie, you go, okay, well, people are going to die. It's going to be Iron Man. It's going to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. It's going to be some of the original Avengers to make room for new right. people. And, like, all those people in the comics have, like, backup right. Captain Americas and yeah. Thors and all that. So. That makes sense. The movie subverts that by leaving them alive, killing off people we didn't expect. The problem with that is it undermines it, Bobby. You yeah. undermine the death when you know they've already announced a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. They've already announced, I'm pretty sure, a Black Panther movie. Yeah, I think so, too. You can't... I think there's New Guardians or something, too. Why would you kill those people when you know they will be back? Right. Like, again, the... I can suspend belief. Like, if they killed off Iron Man and Captain America and Thor, mm-hmm. then I would be like, okay, in movie two, I know the good guys are going to win because it's a movie. It's a superhero movie. <laughs> like, we're not fooling anyone with that. And I can suspend my belief to buy into that. That's sure. fun to buy into. Yeah. The reason why it's easy to buy into is because in Avengers, in the Nets Avengers, I'm like, you know what? Maybe the heroes will win the day, but maybe... Iron Man and Thor will stay dead. Right. Like, there's a sacrifice. Yeah. But now, in this new Avengers movies, I know Spider-Man's going to come back. You announced his movie. I know Black yeah. Panther's going to come back. You announced his movie. I think it's it's more a matter of, again, the context under which they come back. Because I think a lot of it... I've also heard some theories that they basically are keeping quiet about as much as possible until mm-hmm. this Fox deal goes through. Okay. Because there are a lot of people speculating that X-Men? if it does go through, X-Men are going to pop up. And if that's the case, what we're going to get is we're, that movie's going to start and it's just going to be this 
different universe. Mm-hmm. So when Thanos snapped his fingers, it was instead not that it it was to find balance in the universe, but maybe that just creates this separate universe where all bets are off. At Bobby, that point. you could have different actors, Bobby, you have different characters. Bobby, I can't keep up <laughs> with one Marvel universe. Oh yeah, now you want me to keep up with well, two Marvel universes. This is this is where checking out these storylines online versus like buying the comics is a very distinct difference because the comic books would always do this as you're when you're a kid when they're a, or as a collector and that's why they're a mess bobby they're a mess because you start reading one storyline and it's like okay follow the storyline in this new you know different yeah. uh there's like I listen to our comic book episode because we go into detail about this. Okay. There's like four Batman comics. Yeah. Like there's no way to like it's crazy keep and they and they want you to. It's like that you have to. It's buy an ongoing story. Yeah. It is a continuous story, and they have like five different Batman comics. It's, yep. it's a mess. So I really hope they don't do that with these Marvel movies. That's why I like the Marvel yeah. movies. Is you just have to watch these movies and you're good. Like, ten years ago, I tried to get back into comic book collecting as a relative adult at that point. And uh, and really just started with a couple of the new... They were rebooting the Spider-Man series with the mm-hmm. new Amazing Spider-Man at that point. So I started collecting that. But then they also dropped a new Spectacular Spider-Man series to parallel it. So I had to get that as well. And yeah. all of a sudden, I was collecting... I went from intending to collect one a month... To, I was having to buy eight different books a month. And they're expensive. They're expensive. Yeah. All right. Um, before we get too off track, though, okay. you could hand wave all this and say, you know. New universe, new rules. Well, a casual audience and children aren't like looking yeah. at the Marvel timeline in right. terms of movies. Like, they don't know Spider Man has a new movie coming up. Right. So it's not a big deal. The problem still stands is your. Um, <laughs> You still have the time stone in this universe, and you yes. just showed that death can be reversed. Yes. So you're still losing. <laughs> you're still losing out on that. I do want to specifically talk about the Spider-Man death. Okay. Because that really was, at all of them, oh, yeah. that's the one that got me. Yeah. Like yeah, that, a kid saying, "I don't want to go." I don't want to go. Disappears. I don't want to go. That's why. I, do you, Do you watch Doctor Who much? Uh, no, I've, I've seen, like, one season. Okay, maybe. the fun part about Doctor Who is they get a new... He yeah. dies and he regenerates uh-huh. and there's a new one. And in some of them, when he dies, it's very tragic. Okay. It's like, he's basically a god. Right. And he's, and, but there's sometimes where he's like, I don't want to go, I changed my mind. And, like, there's, oh, like, some really tragic yeah. end. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know if I'm okay with this. Right. And that's what the Spider-Man death reminded me of. This, like, speed... Sure. Peter not being ready to go, and it would, it would be so tragic. Except, again, we know it's, it's not real. It's un what's unearned. Not only is it not real, but the film doesn't follow its own story that it set up. Mm-hmm. So in this story, Spider Man is like, I need to prove myself. I want to be an Avenger. Yes. And we get Tony officially making him <laughs> an Avenger. Yeah. That was a good moment. And it's a great moment. And it's a great storyline of, like, Peter needing to be the Avenger. And, you know, he took a chance by going to space and helping out and yeah. shopping in school. However, Peter doesn't die to Thanos. No. Well, in, in, 
not, not in that not way. Directly. Yeah. Not directly. He dies randomly. Right. So even if Peter stayed on the school bus and just went on the field trip and didn't get involved with this, he still would have died. Yeah, he still would have been and one that's, of those people. So, like, what we're sad about is a kid is dying. Like, yeah. a kid dying is sad no matter who it is. Yeah. To me, like, to pay off that storyline, Peter needed to die from Thanos' hand. And, like, right. that's the sacrifice. He made this choice. And, you know, maybe he has, like, some heroic death, like, um... Yeah. Boromir and Lord of the Rings or whatever his name is. Um, Like, something like that, some sort of ultimate sacrifice that's that's actually, like, meaningful. But the way he actually dies is is just by chance. So he would have died whether he went with the Avengers or not. Although, the difference I would point out there is that in fighting Thanos, even though they lost that fight, he still, in doing that, rather than sitting on the bus sacrificed everything that he knowingly could have. If they had true. won that fight, then he yes. wouldn't have died. But That's because true. he lost that fight, he died regardless. So he was dead either way. Yes. But if he had won the fight. You're true. I mean it, it is more heroic he that he, that. But he I agree goes. With you. I just yeah. think for the stronger story Yeah. It's it's kind of a nitpick, but for the strongest story, I think it's even more impactful if Thanos kills him on that battlefield. Right. Before the random uh, draw yeah. of his finger snap. I agree. I think that didn't happen because I think we're going to see... I on, I honestly, I think the next movie is going to open with the characters we saw disappear in a universe and they don't know what's going on. Or they don't know that they were ever part of another universe. That's amazing. So, so this is how I would change things to make this movie work for me personally. Obviously okay. it worked for a lot of people. The main thing is, we know nothing about Thanos. Right. We have 10 years of film. We know nothing about Thanos. He yeah. pops up every now and then, but we have no reason to, Even like... Even then, like, what, he popped up in, like, an end credits scene. Yeah. And they reference him as being Gamora's father in quotes of, In like, Guardians yeah. and stuff. But, but, like, did he pop up for anything else? Not really. We know we know from the end credit scenes the the audience at least knows that the army the alien army was it's sent him. by him. Yes, but um, but that's like it. It just seems like you could better use these films because yeah. in this movie they decided to do everything mm-hmm. in one movie. So in this movie, Infinity Wars, they decide to explain Thanos' background, mm-hmm. explain. Gamera's relationship with him, uh, explain the stones fully. This right. is our first real explanation yeah. of all the stones. He collects all the stones in one movie. Yeah. Uh, we introduce the Guardians to the Avengers in this one movie. Right. We introduce all the new heroes that's popped up to all the old heroes. Right. And we have to explain to everyone what Thanos are. Thanos' plan actually is. Right. This is all in one movie. Yeah. You, you had 10 years to like <laughs> move this around. Feels like these movies are like, uh, you, you know, they wanted their cake and eating it too. What is it? They wanted some pie. Yeah. There's cake and some pie. They wanted it all, but they have a tummy ache. Right. There's one foot in, there's one foot out. I want them to go all in on this Thanos 
uh, storyline. Yeah. Make him the if you're going to make him the overarching bad guy, make these smaller movies about like the Guardians finding a stone. Yeah. And instead of all these um, Marvel movies having villains we don't care about mm-hmm. who aren't built up and feel like filler movies, make right. them part of Thanos' quest. Like, if you know Thanos has to collect a stone in Guardians of the Galaxy, guess what? You're going to go watch Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy now. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's because it was done that way in the comics, where it was like, you're introducing these stones that play this important role. And, like, people that didn't even know this was coming, if they were seeing, like... Guardians of the Galaxy or, or, um, you know, even like the first Thor movie or something, you would understand that these infinity stones are like playing an important role in these yes. plots, but that it's going to come together and have a culmination yes. is like never even hinted at. None of the characters no. are aware of it. And I've, I've wondered about that too. Is it because they wanted the audience to feel the same way or have the same perspective of this that our heroes have. So it's not so weird that they're like, what is this? I don't know what's going on. I think it's a mistake because I think what you get is what you described with the lady who's like yelling and decided. But if you asked her, what are you excited about? She'd go, I don't know. (laughs) They're just now, they're just now telling me (laughs) what's up. Like (laughs) the biggest problem of all these Marvel movies are the villains. And it's like copycat villains, like black Panther. You got to have black Panther. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man has to have an Iron Man. Instead, make them like stone collection movies. Like Thanos may not be director in there, but like in the Doctor Doctor Strange, let's take that movie. Yeah, he's fighting another god, right. which already undermines Thanos in some way. Right, Strange can be a god by himself. Yeah, why don't you try that trick on Thanos? Yeah, but in that movie, instead of it being a god, what if it's that Earthworm Jim character <laughs> what? in this one? The weird alien psychic guy in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Who tries to torture Doctor Strange. Yeah. Who was the best henchman by far. Yeah, he was really cool. What if he's the villain in that first Doctor Strange movie and he's trying to steal the time zone related. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. It is really weird, especially since I remember working at a movie theater years ago and you would see that like we would get the the projected movie list for the next like ten years, mm-hmm. and it was like untitled Marvel movie, untitled Marvel movie. They they've had this planned out this whole time. Well, that's the thing is like you could make the argument. Well, they didn't really know the plan until like maybe the first Avengers. Maybe is when you yeah. really get Thanos story, but even then they had to probably knew before before then. Well, yeah, because even in Captain America, the first Captain America, they set up. The test That's right. So they have that. known a while. And that's like, if you go through... So Kevin Lindsay also let me borrow the books. These are based on... I had to quit reading them. But the first book that brings together Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor... I had to stop reading it because I realized like the first couple chapters was oh. like... Note for note, pretty much what happens in the first Captain America movie. Oh, interesting. And so it's like, I don't want to know yeah. what's coming here. Because I want to be surprised for Infinity War... So, I, I think they know what they're doing. I do question why they did it this way. I don't know why you, you, you're you putting everything into one But movie. I I mean, this is part one. 
Right. So I'm wondering if this part two is going to try to, like, they basically wanted to hit us with chalk factor on this one Mm -hmm. and then come back and maybe we're going to get some Thanos backstory in that second movie, or maybe we're going to get, you know, I, I still don't understand the reason for them keeping everything so isolated like you could argue like oh we want to make the film standalone which isn't really true right and two i i think you can still do even if it's yeah. about like that. capturing the mind gem like right. you can still make that a standalone movie yeah it's his henchmen that are the bad sure. guys versus big iron man they kind of did that with the with avengers but it was just yeah. like it's like nobody knew that those were his henchmen except loki y- yeah and it's like maybe they were too subtle in how they delivered that. I just but, uh, honestly, I just don't think they had it that planned out. I think like they were still working on what Thanos yeah. would be like, what his story would be like, and so then it was like, well, we'll just save it all for the Avenger movie. Sure. And the, it also my fix would help um, kind of origin story fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like sick of all these origin oh stories, gosh. you give it a little flavor. Spider Man right? movies killed that as a thing rebooting that franchise three times in like 10 years and then like the two guardian movies yeah even that would be perfect to have that thanos gamara storyline in it mm-hmm. because again they fit that whole storyline in a two and a half hour movie filled with all that other stuff right versus like five hours of like <laughs> guardian of the galaxy movies they could have like specifically used that in. and then especially in guardians 2 there's so much like father son mm-hmm Things being addressed between Star Lord and, and his father, it, it seems like they could have paralleled that really easily how, with Gamora and, and Thanos. How fucking great would it have been if Guardians That'd Two cool. was like Gamora was the main star? That would like been we saw Star Lord as leader and focusing on yeah. him. Let's focus on Gamora's story now for Guardians Two. That would have been so cool. I would have liked it so much better. <clears throat> That's a little bit like a uh, backseat quarterbacking. Yeah, <laughs> is that? I think that's the term. So if I couldn't do that, let's say I can't right. touch the other movies, I only have this movie, and sure. I can't change Thanos' story to like that cool death storyline. Okay, let's let's give me some rules here. Okay, if I can only use like kind of the same structure for this movie. I still think you can fix it. Okay. Number one, you have to start this movie with Thanos and his backstory. Okay, I think you make this Avengers. Thanos, which it right. is kind of, sure. but I think you just lean into that more. Yeah. Where you start off with Thanos as your hero. Right. Where he's... He's finding balance. Yeah, he's... he's creating um, balance. He's creating balance. The problem with his plan mm-hmm. of cutting the population in half, we never know why that works. Right. Why would that work? Because Thanos, that's not how babies work. If yeah, you, like, the problem's going <laughs> to pop back up in a few more years, right? Yes. Like, like people will repopulate, and then you have the same problems. Yeah, he's not he's not putting in any infrastructure. And that's the easy fix, right? Yeah. It's not that Thanos is cutting the population and then putting in his government, and he's like, I know how to rule you the right way now. Yeah. And that's bringing peace and paradise. Because right. he tells Gamora he cut her population, and then... It became paradise. But right. why? How? That's <laughs> because they had to spend the next few years burying all the dead bodies. And so and no one uh, was horny. Yeah. So they just never did it. Everybody was so bummed out that they didn't make any more babies. In my version, in his story, 
you see him doing his plan of like cutting populations, but it's actually working. He okay. kind of has like a 1984 Brave New World, like we had to take some freedom away, but it actually working. And I think you play it up to that the people there don't feel oppressed. Sure. They actually do like this new life. They sure. like the fact that they don't have to worry about these problems. Yeah. There's a scene where, again, uh, Thanos hides Gamora to the truth of the real violence. Right. So, again, I think you do that. Thanos is very loving towards Gamora. Mm-hmm. And you see, she still can be trained as, like, an assassin and, like, combat and, like, right. spying and all that stuff. But the person who does the dirty work is the robot sister. Okay. Sure. Like she's getting real down and dirty. She sees the the beginning. And so our change of this film is when Gamora finally finds the truth. This is nice. America is nice. How did we get here? <laughs> we had to kill We're not a so lot nice of stuff. native people yeah. to have this paradise, right? Yeah. She doesn't buy that. And the turn here is Gamora chooses to leave, but... Thanos is not mad at her. He's heartbroken mm-hmm. that she leaves. Sure. Yeah, and maybe that point's even emphasized with her seeing like a little kid. Yeah. Like like a like her, right? Yeah. She could have her flashback moment of like And realizing like, oh wait, my childhood was actually fucked up. Yeah. And now I have some trauma. Because that's what happens with like with that trauma stuff, is you're like you live in it for so long, you are you do kind of become blinded to the reality of what the situation was. Right. Yeah, I feel like that could have been a whole movie and, on its own. And so then you kind of sympathize a little more with him, and perhaps you learn about his connection with Gamora, that like since his like mother died or his family died on his planet, that mm-hmm. he hints at, Gamora is really the only other person he's opened up to and was right. able to show love to. So now we have when we get to the scene with the soul stone we do there's actually be- something behind we it. <laughs> actually do believe thanos when he's like i do love yeah. my daughter yeah there's a scene where gamora kills thanos in the fake reality yeah and she's upset yeah and he's like oh you do care yeah why that was do you, pretty weird why does she care because what you've told us film is that she doesn't care that was a surprising turn for me i was surprised that she seemed upset by that at all and that she wasn't just like all right we're done yeah for the rest of the movie i think you just cut it to three main Mm storylines one is the thanos backstory which leads to him capturing gamora and the ultimate sacrifice i think you keep all that that's great two is thor getting his weapon Mm -hmm. i I like that storyline i liked that you do kind of need like a macguffin item to help Right. The Avengers. And three, The Last Stand at Wakanda. Yeah. In this movie, there's so many locations. Yeah. And, like, the Avengers are all split up, and we're, like, fighting here, we're fighting here. It's like, let's just go to Wakanda. And we have the stones. Hey, Vision, you have your stone. Doctor Strange, I guess you have your stone, too. Sort of. (laughs) Like, that's still a problem, but we're going to make a Last Stand in Wakanda to, like, Limit destruction. Wakanda is the most secured place in the world mm-hmm. that we know of. They've opened their door. Yeah, let's get all the heroes here, and let's make a last stand yeah. against. Um, That's what I was kind Thanos. of expecting out of the movie going into it was 
okay, whatever's going to happen, either the Soul Stone's going to be in Wakanda, or it's mm-hmm. going to end with Vision as, like, a last stand, or the, whatever stones are on Earth. Yeah. It's the last stand Wakanda. I don't think you need the storyline of them sacrificing Vision, even. Yeah. I mean, I guess that adds some tension of mm-hmm. what, like, them defending something in Wakanda. Right. Um, so, I mean, I guess you could keep that, but, um... But it could just as easily been, like, the Time Stone, Doctor Strange Yeah, they're just or, using it. Or anything. When you saw this movie, were people cheering whenever the locations would come up? No. People were clapping, like, it, it like, opened <laughs> on the first scene, and then it says, like, space or something like that when it goes to, like, That's the totally. space scene. They asked people, for like, that one, they did. It. And then the next one after that was Scotland. <laughs> And everybody was dead quiet, and I wanted so bad to just be like, yeah! I, I, um, <laughs> I found this site that does commentary for movies. Okay. And I read the Civil War one. Yeah. Which is a Russo Brother Films who did this one, and they did the same gimmick of the cities showing. Oh, sure. And they said when they showed Queens, and yeah. they're really big letterings, too, right. that the audience erupted because they knew that's where spider-man lived oh okay and cool. so i think they kind of carried over that gimmick it was like oh sure. let's just keep that yeah that seems to get a, a, it's pop. a crowd pleaser mm-hmm. yeah oh but lastly so the last thing i would do in my movie sure is at the last stand in wakanda they're mainly finding henchmen mm-hmm. but thanos finally gets he's collected all the stones from the other places he finally gets the soul stone from gamora right this is the first time he's he comes to Wakanda and he just takes them out. Mm-hmm. This is where you do the fight of them trying to keep his glove sure. from being open. And so that's how you prolong that scene. Yeah. But mainly then from now on, it's just like he's taking people out. Yeah. And that's like the first time you really see him battle. Sure. And he's actually killing characters, though, instead of it being, yeah. like, all yeah. put down to that last yeah. questionable. And then and then he snaps, and then you can have him snap his hand there, and yeah. it ends the same way. Cause that's, okay. That's a cool ending, but... Yeah. That's my pitch. I'm not... I don't, I don't know what they have to deal with. <laughs> well, I'm in a parallel universe yeah. where you made this movie, mm-hmm. that's how it went down. Yeah. That'd be my Earth, too. So what do you think's going to happen in the next one? <laughs> well, my guess is... I like is, those fixes. Yeah, okay, but good. Unfortunately, that's not what we got. It's not what we got. And that's my that's my lot in life. Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> that's what Thanos gave you. My hope in the next movie is, well, my prediction is we're back to square one. We're, okay. we're back to where we started. Yeah. We have the original Avengers. We even saw Red Skull, which was in, like, one of the first movies. Right. We're back to square one. Let's do this. Yeah. I'm assuming... Our heroes have to sacrifice themselves to get the glove, and then they bring everyone back. But I, I feel like there's going to be a sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? You can save the universe, but there has to be a sacrifice, and that's when we'll lose, like, Iron Man or Captain America or yeah. whoever. Yeah. What do you think? I think? I think there's a couple different ways it could go, but I think we're either going to end up in a situation where... The characters we were left with are, are actually dead, but I think it's more likely that we get a split parallel universe. And I would be really happy with it if it turned out where the movie starts and it's all the people that we saw disappear. It's like Peter Parker waking up at school mm-hmm. and being like, wait, 
what's going on? Why does it feel weird that I'm here right now, but I don't remember what happened? You might be right, because if you think about it, they're left on Earth, they're mm-hmm. Avengers, or not all of them, but right. they're, they're left in this reality where Thanos has won. It's Oh, here's the thing. It's unclear if Thanos destroyed the his gauntlet in, right. some, in some way. Yes. Um, so I tried to look. There's this, the very end scene. He gets his moment in the sun. Yeah. And I was trying to look at his arm to see if it was destroyed, and they don't really show it, so Can't it's unclear. It. Okay. That That's another big question is, is that if the parallel, or if the universe did get split into two, mm-hmm. which of those universes is Thanos now residing in, and... How was that going to come into play? Is the key in the same universe as the gauntlet, or did it stay in a different area? Mm-hmm. I did see a theory today. Somebody said that the reason Ant Man's going to come into this is because we saw in the first Ant Man movie he can shrink down to the quantum level, right? That's mm-hmm. like where the pin particles exist or whatever. And so somebody was saying that he's going to be necessary to go down to the quantum level and tie the universes back together that have now been split. Man, I... Is that... It just seems... When, when you get to <laughs> the multiple universes and, like... It's always the trouble. time travel stuff, it's like, I can just... I just kind of check out. Yeah. Well, I do pretty firmly believe that they're basically going to hit the reset button once this infinity... Like, for the new phase of Marvel movies. As they should. Whatever happens, I think, even though we're getting, like, more Spider-Man and... Guardians and Black Panther movies, I feel like it's going to be expected that it's like that is a whole new thing. I'm hoping with the success of Black Panther, of Wonder Woman, we yeah. finally get some diversity. Yeah. Because what's cool about the comics, which, um, you know, I haven't read these, mm-hmm. but I think it's cool now if you go to a comic shop, the Thor you see is a woman Thor. Yeah. The Iron Man, there's a woman Iron Man. There's yeah, Captain Marvel Captain, is a woman. Yeah. yeah. One of the Captain Americas is black. Yeah. Um, one of the Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Men are black. Yeah. Like, or Hispanic. There's all these diversity now in the comics that we have not yet seen in these films. Right. And so... And the comics historically have done a great job of that. They've always been that's pretty cool. progressive. Or been a good area for, um, for that to be explored. So, like, always film is, like, a couple decades behind. Yeah. Pretty much. But I would love to see, like, a female Thor. I think that would be... Yeah, it'd be awesome. Amazing. But with that in mind, for speculation about the next movie, mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance that they're going to leave us with something in the next movie that is... Even if there are those two parallel universes, when they get recombined, it's going to be, okay, we're back to one universe, but it's something totally new. Yes. So we're going to lose some characters. That could come as, like, a final sacrifice of, like, Captain America wielding the gauntlet as a way to put things back together yes or one of our characters that we know their contracts are up and they didn't like doing these movies so yeah they're gonna die and be replaced with a different actor if the character is gonna go on which is the easiest way to do it mm-hmm. but it kind of bugs me too because then it questions like the history right like right. do we lose the history of these 10 years because yeah. like if you're telling me there's my options are they fix the universe, but things are different. So like, oh, right. Iron Man's a woman now. Would I rather have that versus keeping the history of Iron Man's like flight and then like him giving that to someone or like right. him training someone? Yeah. Or like 
Captain America dying and like the Falcon or like Bucky or Winter Soldier being like, I'm going to accept this mantle. Now I'm Captain America. I'd rather the stories be more organic like that and continuous like that where in Thor 4, like that's when you get introduced to a new Thor versus like, hey, the new Thor movie. The reality is there was always a woman Thor. Yeah. It's like, well, okay. I just know from like the comic book that's that stuff happened a lot like in the 90s with comics when i was reading these things a lot where it would be like hey wouldn't it be fun if we took everything you know about this universe but yeah. we changed some things where like now this character only has one arm because they lost it in some weird thing yeah. or they like you know whatever this ability is slightly different yeah. than they had because they would they would just do these like you could tell it's like the writers were bored and they were just oh. like well Okay, so what if we make it so that, um, you know, whatever, Captain America's evil, or Batman and Superman are in this, like, huge fight against each other, yes. where it's a civil war kind of thing. And so I'm, I'm wondering if that's what we're going to get is this next phase of Marvel, is they're going to do something like that, where it's like, okay, everything you knew and loved is still there, but it's it's might hurt a little because there's going to be some yeah. things that are different, but this is what we're going to do. Yeah. I, I think you can still do that just in a more organic way. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. But, yeah, you're right. It will probably just be, like, new reality yeah. with some changes. Oh, before we finished up, I did want to do my last nitpick of all oh, of yeah. this. It's the biggest nitpick. Why the fuck did they give Thor his eye back? That was so weird. What's the point? Was it just to bring in the joke of the... Uh, what's his name? Had the eye that he stole from that guy. <laughs> because yeah. he then had another yeah, right? job. When he saw Bucky, too, he's like, what's up with that arm? Can you sell me that arm? I love and that. And then he's like, I'm going to get that arm. I'm going to get that like, arm. That was, that was pretty well placed. It's, it's a fantastic way to solve it. <laughs> I just wish it was like, we couldn't even have Thor with an eye patch for one movie. Yeah, it was, it was very strange. I don't know. I, I kind of took it as like, He's had a pretty rough week. Like, if he needs to have an eye back, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I do like it's a different color. Um, <laughs> even though they implied that it was brown because it was rocket shit, which is a strange joke to do. Oh, I didn't even get that, but that makes sense. That's <laughs> terrible. Well, to sum up, I think I'm taking back everything I said. I think that's my one main complaint. <laughs> Thor loses his eye patch. I think that really sums up my opinions about it. really screwed it. it up, Marvel. Well, Bobby, any last thoughts before we wrap up this, our own Marvel uh, length uh, podcast I, here? I just hope if you're listening to this, you saw the movie before you got far <laughs> too far into because we pretty immediately just gave everything away. Also, if you've never seen a Marvel film ever... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Please do the experiment that you go see this movie and, like, do a review of it, because I would love to get oh, wow. someone who's never seen any of this try to make sense Are of there it. people left that have not seen any of the be, Marvel right? movies? There has to be. Wow. I have not even thought about that. Oh, that, see? That seems like a parallel universe on its own. Yeah. So that's what we're leaving on, thinking about that. Okay. That's the real questions left after <laughs> <laughs> Avengers Affinity Wars is... Is there anyone who hasn't seen these? And again, thank you, Bobby, for just yeah. listening to me rant. I was going to do like my own private video, and you <laughs> offered just because I knew I was just like, oh, I'm just going to rant. Yeah, but it was no, nice you having for, uh... you as like my opposing 
uh, like kind of the court. world view of what this yeah. movie is. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I have had too much of a chance to talk about it because anytime I've seen my only other friend that's seen it, we were in a group of people, and yeah. it's like we could just like kind of hint at things like, "Oh, remember this part?" Yeah, but didn't want to say anything. And again, it's it's a fun movie. Like I'm not saying it's a it bad movie; it's still fun. I just yeah. have a lot of uh, issues with it, <laughs> and I would love to hear anyone who disagrees with me. Like, yeah. let's hear your comments on this. I would love to start a discussion about it. Uh, also, check our YouTube. I may do a Marvel retrospective of oh, all cool. the movies. Nice. But that would probably be like a video series. So check our YouTube, check our Twitter, and check our website, moviebabies.com. And Bobby, I'm going to test you out here. This is like oh. your can you riff, lift the hammer moment. Oh, no. Am I worthy? Are, are you worthy? We're going to find <laughs> out. So much pressure. Because, Bobby, when you don't have time for a two-minute trailer, or in this case, a two-hour and 40-minute movie, then you say, like, some sort of, like, joke pun or, like, What's, catchphrase. Yeah. Uh, then you probably don't have enough time to collect all the Infinity Stones in the universe either. Nailed it. Okay. Because that's the movie, babies. Okay.